"'I wonder when in the world you're going to do anything, Rudolph,' said my brother's wife. "'My dear Rose,' I answered, laying down my egg-spoon, "'why in the world should I do anything? "'My position is a comfortable one. "'I have an income nearly sufficient for my wants. "'No one's income is ever quite sufficient, you know. "'I enjoy an enviable social position. "'I'm brother to Lord Burlesdon, "'and brother-in-law to that most charming lady, his countess.' "'Behold, it's enough.' "'You are nine-and-twenty, she observed, "'and you've done nothing but knock about. "'It's true. Our family doesn't need to do things.' "'This remark of mine rather annoyed Rose, "'for everybody knows, and therefore there can be no harm in referring to the fact, "'that pretty and accomplished as she herself is, "'her family is hardly of the same standing as the Rassendills.' Besides her attractions, she possessed a large fortune, and my brother Robert was wise enough not to mind about her ancestry. Ancestry is, in fact, a matter concerning which the next observation of Rose's has some truth. "'Good families are generally worse than any others,' she said. Upon this I stroked my hair. I knew quite well what she meant. "'I'm so glad Robert's is black,' she cried. At this moment Robert— who rises at seven and works before breakfast, came in. He glanced at his wife. Her cheek was slightly flushed. He patted it caressingly. "'What's the matter, my dear?' he asked. "'She objects to my doing nothing and having red hair,' said I, in an injured tone. "'Oh, of course he can't help his hair,' admitted Rose. "'It generally crops out once in a generation,' said my brother. "'So does the nose. Rudolph's got them both.' "'I wish they didn't crop out,' said Rose, still flushed. "'I rather like them myself,' said I, and rising I bowed to the portrait of Countess Amelia. My brother's wife uttered an exclamation of impatience. "'I wish you'd take that picture away, Robert,' said she. "'My dear,' he cried. "'Good heavens!' I added. "'Then it might be forgotten,' she continued. "'Hardly, with Rudolph about.' "'said Robert, shaking his head. "'Why should it be forgotten?' I asked. "'Rudolph!' exclaimed my brother's wife, blushing very prettily. "'I laughed and went on with my egg. "'At least I'd shelved the question of what, if anything, I ought to do. "'And by way of closing the discussion, "'and also, I must admit, of exasperating my strict little sister-in-law a trifle more, "'I observed, I rather like being an Elfberg myself.' When I read a story, I skip the explanations, yet the moment I begin to write one, I find that I must have an explanation, for it is manifest that I must explain why my sister-in-law was vexed with my nose and hair, and why I ventured to call myself an Elfberg. For eminent, as I must protest, the Rassendils have been for many generations, yet participation in their blood, of course, does not, at first sight, justify the boast of a connection with the grander stock of the Elfbergs or a claim to be one of that royal house. For what relationship is there between Ruritania and Burlesdon, between the palace at Strelsau, or the castle of Zender, and number 305 Park Lane, West 1? Well, then, and I must premise that I am going, perforce, to rake up the very scandal which my dear Lady Burlesdon wishes forgotten. In the year 1733, George the Second, sitting then on the throne, peace reigning for the moment, and the King and the Prince of Wales being not yet at loggerheads, there came on a visit to the English court a certain prince, 
who was afterwards known to history as Rudolf III of Ruritania. The prince was a tall, handsome young fellow, marked, maybe marred, it's not for me to say, by a somewhat unusually long, sharp and straight nose, and a mass of dark red hair. In fact, the nose and the hair, which have stamped the Elfbergs time out of mind. He stayed some months in England, where he was most courteously received, yet in the end he left rather under a cloud, for he fought a duel, it was considered highly well-bred of him to waive all question of his rank, with a nobleman, well known in the society of the day, not only for his own merits, but as the husband of a very beautiful wife. In that duel Prince Rudolf received a severe wound, and, recovering therefrom, was adroitly smuggled off by the Ruritanian ambassador, who had found him a pretty handful. The nobleman was not wounded in the duel, but the morning being raw and damp on the occasion.